Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, enjoy this message in our current series, Hidden Me. Well, good morning. Y'all came to church to worship today. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so good. Um, just in the middle of gray. They should rename January gray. Just to, to gather uh, as a church, as a family, and be able to lift our voices and be reminded of who God is and what He's doing and His place in our life is it's pretty powerful. It's important. And we've been, we started last week uh, talking about the lies we live, the world, the flesh, and the devil. If you weren't here for that, you probably want to go back and catch it. It kind of lays a little bit of groundwork, but uh, we're going we're gonna to keep digging into the story of the prodigal. It's a famous story. You, even if you're, you're new to the Bible and new to the church, you may have at least heard the term, the, the prodigal, the prodigal child, the prodigal son, which is one of the most famous stories that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. It's just three characters. There's the, the prodigal, the younger son. There's a different kind of prodigal in the older son. And there's the father. Every other character you'll have to imagine, and you can imagine some that would have been around this story, but really the story revolves around two sons and a dad, a father. We don't look at the father in the story that often, but I, I want to, for, for this week, I, I want to turn our attention to, to the Father. I've been working on this series of messages for, for a while. Actually, the, the, the series of messages has been working on me for a while. There's, there's a difference there, but, but, but sometime last year, I just I began digging into this on my own, just kind of reading it and considering what God was doing through it. And, and there was a moment where I was, I was reading the story and I was reading this piece here. Luke 15, 11, it says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. And the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Then it says, a, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there, he wasted all his money and wild living. So I was reading that and I, I thought, I wonder how the father felt. I mean, the reason Jesus 
told parables, he gave stories so that we could put ourselves in the story and we could feel what they were feeling. I mean, I mean that's, that's the point of a story is to allow you to, uh, to personalize it, to contextualize it, to, to, to put yourself in the seat of the Father. And I wonder, I wonder how the Father felt. I'd never just sat back and thought how the Father felt. I wonder how the Father felt when his son came to him in an abrupt moment and said, I'd, I'd like what I've got coming to me now before you die. I don't want to wait. And I wonder how the father felt when a couple days later he got up and his son was gone. Maybe he, maybe he ran to the front porch and looked down the road and saw the back of his boy. I just wonder how he felt. It's not hard. It's not hard to see a dad sitting there feeling like a failure. And when words started trickling back of his son's going-ons, now things were falling apart. And now everything he had taught him, he had forgotten. I wonder how the father felt. Well, it's not hard for me to see that father just feeling like a failure. And asking himself the question you've probably asked yourself a time or two. Where'd I go wrong? <laughs> what, could, what, what could I have done? Have you felt the sting of failure in your life? Have you had a job or a project on a job and this was it. And then it all fell apart. And it went away. Have you ever had a kid struggle? Maybe walk away. And you thought, what could I have done? Have you ever trusted someone and had that trust abused? And sat back somehow and thought, well, what could I have done? Have you made big plans? You had dreams. And you told people about them. You were afraid at first. Don't tell anybody your dreams until they come true. But you were bold and you were brave and you believed and you told them. And then everything fell apart. You, you see, it's, it's easy to sit there and to start asking ourselves, what, what could I have done? 
That's sort of what happens in, in John chapter 9. That Jesus is walking along in verse 1, and he saw a man who'd been blind from his birth. And verse 2 says that his disciples asked him, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Well, what did he do wrong? He must have done something wrong. Or maybe his parents did something wrong. Which is it, Jesus? Jesus gives a powerful answer. He said, it's not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. I don't even understand all that that means. But here's what I know Jesus is saying. He's, you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, uh, you messed up. You messed up. You, you've, you've overestimated yourselves, and you've underestimated me. You've overestimated yourself, and you've underestimated me. You know, you, you know what makes the moments of failure even more difficult? It's the voices. <laughs> I don't mean to put too fine a point on it. It's the disciples. It's people like the disciples who look at failure and go, ah, you blew it. Must be you. Must be you. I mean, I mean, if it wasn't, if it wasn't him, it must be them. You, you see, there, there's always a voice, isn't there? There's always a voice that's ringing somewhere in the back of your head. We talked about it last week. Sometimes it's the voice of the world, sometimes it's the voice of the flesh, and sometimes it's the voice of the devil. But the voice is always there saying, no, 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 you, you, you. And Jesus is saying something here that we shouldn't let go of, that you are overestimating your control and you're underestimating what God can and is doing. But the truth is, we... We love to measure. We, we want to win. And, and when we're not winning, we're, we're wondering. We're wondering why. And we're measuring and we're comparing and we're competing because that's how we keep up. And, and when the numbers don't start adding up and we feel like we're losing and things are going south, we don't, we don't know what to do with it because the voices are ringing. And sometimes it's the voice of the world outside. Sometimes it's the disciples. It's, it's God's people. I hate to say it. Sometimes it's God's people whispering. And sometimes it's the flesh. It's your own spirit speaking and lying. And sometimes, as we saw last week, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. But the voice is loud, and the voice is saying, you're not keeping up. You're not winning. You're failing. Isn't it amazing how powerful that voice is? This past summer, I got a new iPhone. I upgraded four generations in one fell swoop. <laughs> they offered a deal I couldn't resist. I went from a 8 to a 12. I went Mac Daddy on that thing right there. I got three cameras on it. 
little three little things on the back. I mean, I was, I was, I was all in. Got it right before our road trip so I could take amazing pictures. Uh, but I got back from our road trip like, like a month later, and I got an email from, from the company I just bought it from, my cell phone company, to tell me that the 13 was out. And I, I was like, dang it, should have waited, blew it, I've got a lousy 12, it's only got three cameras, doesn't do that fuzzy thing that they're advertising, I could have, I could have had it all, you dummy, you were impatient. It's easier to see in a cell phone, isn't it? how loud the voice is, how convincing the liar is. See, if your key to happiness, if the story of success in your life requires you to keep up and to compete, it'll kill you. Just mark it down. If you have to compete and keep up, it will crush you. Because no one, no one competes and keeps up forever. No one. And it's crushing. You know the best part of this story? The father is not a failure. The father's not a failure. Oh, 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 I know he didn't measure up. And I know he didn't keep up. And I know it looks like he was losing. And I know people were whispering. And I know the voice was probably rolling around in his head. But Jesus didn't think the father was a failure. In fact, if you know anything about this story, then you know this, that in this story, Jesus is setting up a story where the father is the picture of the heavenly father, and the heavenly father is never, never, never a failure. This whole story revolves around the heavenly father whose son walks away, and he's not a failure. I think sometimes you just kind of stick back and just look and go, Father's not a failure. Father's not a failure. Father is not a failure. Oh, well, then what is he? <laughs> He's something better. So uh, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three stories to people who are self-confident in themselves. We went back and read it all. I could give it all to you. But I'll, I'll, I'll remind you of the stories. He tells the story of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and he lost one. And what does he do? He goes and searches for it and he brings it back and he throws a party, right? And then it tells the story of a woman who had 10 coins and she lost one and she searches the entire house until she finds it and she brings it back. And then it tells this story. And I just, I want you to, I want you to watch let me just read a piece to you, and I just want you to watch for the difference. Verse 17, it says, When he, this is the prodigal, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, it, 
At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, and he embraced, and he kissed him. Did you catch the difference? Did you, see, did you see the shepherd who went out searching for his sheep and the woman who went out searching for her coin and the father? <laughs> you see it? He didn't go searching for the son. He couldn't. The son was making his own decisions. You know what the father did? He waited. He waited. <laughs> he waited. Do you know how long he waited? Me either. You know why? It doesn't tell us. <laughs> That's weird. Was it six weeks? Six months? Six years? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe the... Maybe Jesus doesn't tell us because if he told us, we'd turn it, we, 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 we would turn the Father into a formula for faithfulness. Like you have to wait six months and then God will put everything back together, but it doesn't work that way. We, we would be like latching onto it. Oh, it was six weeks. It was six Sundays. It was six months. It was, it was seven. It was 10. We would, we would turn it into a formula, but the Father is not a formula for faithfulness, but there's something in this story. It's the story of what faithfulness looks like. Just look at the Father and watch the Father and watch his waiting. Because in there is the lesson of faithfulness. And faithfulness is something you and I can both aspire to. It's not perfection, but it's what he calls us to. And sometimes it's all we have. <laughs> if you're writing things down, let me give you just a couple of, of quick thoughts about this that have just been kind of running around in, in, in my own sort of heart around this story. Um, about faithfulness. Uh, sometimes, all you can do is wait, and you can't fix anything. Sometimes you just have you you can't fix anything. You just you can't. See, a lot of faithfulness is just waiting. And telling yourself, God's not done. God's not done. That's what a lot of faithfulness is. It's, it's, not, it's not fancy. A lot of faithfulness is just waiting and waiting and waiting. And when you're sick of waiting and you feel like you can't wait anymore, it's reminding yourself, uh, God's not done. It's not done. I think there's a second lesson here about, uh, about faithfulness. Uh, maybe just write it down this way. Don't hate. Don't hate. Uh, let me just say this. Waiting and hurt are a dangerous combination. Some of you are in a season of waiting 
that feels like it will never end, and you're on the receiving end of hurt at the same time. And it's really, really, really easy for that to turn into sour, bitter hurt. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, it morphs into something uglier. Don't do it. There's something else about this story, and I'll just start wrapping it up with this. Um, you know what faithfulness looks like? I want, I want to just write down, it looks like farming, but I thought that might not make a lot of sense to us. Sometimes faithfulness just looks like the, the man or the woman who just keeps on building, keeps on building. What did the father do? You know what the father did? He kept on farming. He just, it was, it was what he was called to do. It was what he was created for. It was what he was made for. And, and, and by all appearances in the story, he just kept doing what he was called to do. So that one day, when the son came home, The farm was still there. The father was there. And, 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 and not to get too wrapped up in food, the calf was fat. That's a good part of the story right there. I mean, I know I haven't read the end of the story, but I'm going to tell you it ends with a barbecue. You've got to love a story that ends with a barbecue. Somewhere in the middle of that, 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 that long season of faithfulness and waiting, you're just reminded like, God, what do I do in this season when I don't have the control to fix the things I wish could be fixed? You're just faithful. You just keep doing what God called you to do. Don't give up on that thing. Don't give up on your calling. Don't give up on the farm. Don't give up on building. Don't give up on creating. Don't give up on living because this is what he's made you for. And in that, in that long season of waiting, when the voices start coming back of the world and the flesh and the devil, and they start whispering, you're a failure, you're a failure. Just, just come back to this passage and just read it. And just remember, the Father is not a failure. You could roll over to... 2 Corinthians 4, 2, where it says, here's what's required in stewards or a manager. Here's what's required in my people. All that's required of them is that they be found faithful. Faithful. Because the reality is, in this life, there's lots of things you won't have control over and you won't be able to keep up and you won't be able to compete. And if you let those things measure your life, they will crush you. The big picture in this story is the story of the Father. The, the big picture in this story is the faithfulness of the Father it's, it's, it's a story about you and I who are prodigals who've run and done our own thing. And it's how that the Father is always there waiting for us to come 
to him. That's the big picture of this story. This story is about the gospel. This story is about the, the message of salvation. It's how that when we've run our lives and we've run to the end of ourselves and we've gotten to the where we've got nowhere else to turn and we're broken, that we can turn to him. In fact, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that nobody comes to Jesus any other way. Nobody comes to Jesus and negotiates a good deal as a free agent. Nobody comes in and goes, ah, I'll, I'll follow you if you'll, you know, like, if you'll do this. No, 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 no. You know, we're, we're all like the prodigal. We're, 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 we, we, we've, we've come to the end of ourselves, and at the end of ourselves, we find that there is one who is faithful that we can run to, and we embrace him. If you've become a follower of Jesus, you know exactly what I'm saying. Because there was a moment in time in your life when you came to the end of yourself. And so for, for some, you know, the end of ourselves felt like, a, felt like a train wreck. And others, it was just a deep realization that we couldn't save ourselves. But we all come the same way. We all, we all come back down that road. And here comes the Father. Goodness, I love that passage. The Father sees the Son while he was a yet a long ways off. And he runs to him. That's what salvation looks like. It's when you or I are at the end of ourselves. We're done trying to save ourselves and fix ourselves and run our own lives and we turn to Jesus and we just fall into him. And in that moment, we find rescue. That's the story of the Father. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I just want to in the in the quiet of the moment, listen, for some, you may be sitting here, and I, I just, for a moment, I just want you to, to, to lean in and listen to me. Some of you have been going through a season where the, the, the whisper of you, you're, you, you failed, you failed, you failed, and you've been, you've been carrying a burden of control that you have no business carrying. And this is a moment for you to just to let go of that. To remind yourself the Father wasn't a failure. I'm not in control. But I can be faithful. I can be faithful. And sometimes faithfulness is just waiting, 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 and reminding yourself God's not done. And if you need a moment just to take that simple truth to him in prayer, this is your moment. And if maybe you're here and the story of the prodigal is 
is in some way your story. And you're, you're ready. You're ready to run back. To run to Jesus. You've come to the end of yourself and of your way and of being in control and trying to save and rescue yourself and you're ready to give your life over to Jesus. That's the story. That's the prodigal. And I want to invite you just right here. This is your moment. I'm going to lead you in prayer in a moment. You don't have to even wait on me. This is between you and God. You just, just, just go to him and say, Father, I need you. I need you. Save me. Rescue me. I need your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. This is your moment. You might pray a prayer with me. Father, you know everything about me. Every failure. You know how long I've walked away and where I've walked to. You know the stuff everybody knows and the stuff nobody knows. And today, I'm declaring I need you. I trust you and you alone. Jesus Christ, I invite you into my life as my Savior. I accept your gift of forgiveness, your grace. I want the life, the full life, that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our Hidden Me series. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts. Or join us for our live stream services on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review so that other people can discover us too. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.